Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Hello. Welcome. Hello. We're on. Pinko commie sluts. It's October. Are you guys October people or am I the only one? I love October. Yeah, October's lovely. October. I mean, by that I mean, are you Halloween people? No, I'm not going to dress up. I mean, I like Halloween. I just don't like, you know, doing things. I'm not I like buy, I buy like 75% of my accessories like during this time. So I have like skulls and bats all year round. I would never have guessed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, given like Halloween's your, cool and all. I given your witchiness. Don't that you like making yes, things. Yes, yes. In my earnest uh, observation of Samhain, which is what it is in the yeah. Wiccan calendar. Really Wiccan, because it's a recreation, guys. Look, we don't have to get into it. No, I like falling leaves season. Yeah, I'm, I'm like fan. less about the about the spooky, because to me, spooky season starts and goes straight through Christmas. Christmas also spooky. I keep the tradition of ghost stories for Christmas, and that is where uh, Christmas Carol comes from, because mm. uh, it, was, it was a thing they would do, is sit around and tell ghost stories before Christmas, yeah, which about, I like. A, were they all Christmas themed, or were some no. of the ghost stories? Were they all about killing your boss? No, it's not necessarily Christmas themed. It was just like appropriate and seasonal to tell ghost stories, especially like Christmas Eve. In the world of Charles Dickens, that was a thing. Which, mm. No, yeah. I like fall for, it reminds me of cross country, running cross country and running around trails and the leaves falling. And the only thing that sucks about it is the leaves are fucking slippery and they hide rocks. Oh, and they're so not, snakes could be in there. I enjoy changing colored leaves. Yep. But you hate the aesthetics of fall. I, I like, they're it. okay. They don't have like a something spooky specifically. I'm less what enchanted. Is, what is not enchanting and spooky about leaves changing color? That is like magic in the natural world. I'm just less of a harvest person and more of a with like, a we're talking to the dead. Magic with the K. But you're you're entering into the season of death. It's the signifier for death is the changing of leaf colors. Yeah, I'm probably more of a harvest person than a Halloween person exactly. But also, I don't know. Generally, I'm just uh, happy uh, at all times. I just like vibing. I like being alive in the world. And uh, be it fall or some other time, uh, they're all good. It's interesting. You told me almost the paradigmatic opposite thing last night. I just love yeah. I okay. love Marlo's insistence that he is not a misanthrope. <laughs> no. I love people in this world. He just expresses I am a man it. Of the world. He just expresses all his visceral hatred of them to prop up how much he loves them. I don't like going through life negative. Can 
Less too short. That's right, Marlo. Rarely negative. <laughs> Rarely <laughs> critical. Rarely ever a bad word said about other people. That's right. Life is too short. You can for go those ahead. You can go ahead and, and Marlo's all about beachy good vibes. Yeah, just live and let live. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Positive energy. Marlo. He's you, got you, you see my wrinkleless forehead? That's from not getting stressed out all the time. Oh my god. Oh, um, you are getting a little gray in the beard. Oh yeah, that just makes me stressed. look dignified as shit. No, that's slightly just, closer to wizard. Yeah, no, that's just which is to make very dignified and silver foxy. Yeah. Well anyway, and like I said, as far as the holidays go, I kinda like Halloween's like removal from any like even ostensible religious um justification and that it's purely a social holiday. Um but uh, at the same time, I don't like, uh, you know, putting the effort into, like, making a costume, thinking of a costume, and all that stuff. So, you know, but I like, you know, that it exists. I like it because people can become people that they aren't, or at least they can trick themselves into thinking when, in fact, it is them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mask come down and it just shows another mask. Yeah, Or they sure. put on a mask. That's sure probably something Derrida said at some point. Zizek. Yeah, one of them. I don't know. They're all one t- of they them. They like masks. They all like they masks. They like masks. It's about identifying yourself in relation to your character. I don't know. I think... Who's your favorite person to dress up as for Halloween? Um, well... Yourself. Most consist- Most frequent costume done by me is Catwoman, but I always do a different... Catwoman. Mm. Uh, so you. So I've done like pure, Batman Returns. Uh, I've done uh, Batman Town. the. Uh, well, no, Batman Returns. Uh, the nipples are on Batman, not her. Yeah. So she's oh, got yeah. a stitched together leather we suit. I've done that. I've done Batman the animated series Catwoman. I've done one of the uh, '60s comic book. Catwoman's, and then I've done one of the, you know, Adam West Batman Catwoman's. That was my favorite uh, Batman growing up. Was the Adam West? It's I awesome like the animation. because well, it's awesome. Uh, the detective work, the quote unquote detective work <laughs> that Batman does, because uh, of course he is he is a detective yeah. technically originally. Um, it, it always detective. involves it involves my favorite episode of Adam West Batman is the fucking. I believe it's the Riddler. Uh, My favorite. Um, but I guy. think he's teamed up with somebody else. But anyway, Batman and Robin are captured and they're going to be put through this machine that punches the holes in um, sheet music that go into like an automatic, you know, one of those. The player piano. One of those player pianos, ah. right? So they're strapped in there, whatever. So they're, they're the it's going to stab them. children so, related to at the time. And absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. That's what I related to growing and up watching Batman, it. genius that he is, is like, Robin, we've got to sing the right notes so it hits around our bodies and it is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I, I just, if if you're going to watch one episode of so they, so they're like, Batman, ah, ha, ha, Yes, it's all, it's, it's so great. It's like, and then the, yeah, yeah, and then they come out and they're, they're able oh. to get out because it's punched all around them. Uh, and not through them. Mm-hmm. And, and Batman, uh, Adam West Batman's full of stuff like that. The yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. which is uh, 
one where Julie Newmar is Catwoman, uh, the movie Adam West, Batman, uh, there's a scene where they need to go after the penguin, but the penguin has done something where he doesn't have fingerprints, right? His his, his little floppy hands, he's whatever. Yeah, he's something, but he doesn't have fingerprints. And then um, Batman is like, well, actually, we can check his ears. <laughs> Right, which is a true thing, and god damn it, there was some criminal in the past three years who something happened to their fingers or hands, and they did check their ears. And I was, I know I tweeted Adam about West. it. Search my Somebody in the yeah. police department watched that episode. That's what like, I hope. That's Adam, what I hope. Well, Adam West Batman was like a more ridiculous version of like old Bond, where it's just like where like all of a sudden he'll just say something in like Japanese, and it'll be like, ah, oh, yes, uh, you had your course on Oriental languages at Oxford, and it's just like, yeah, all of them. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like all, yeah. Yeah, no. just an infinite amount of skills. This is also what I, like, Batman, uh, as is established, is uh, my favorite comic booky Me too. Property. So, um, but yes, my favorite versions of Batman are sort of this uh, international man of mystery Batman where he's got amazing deduction. He's like Sherlock and James yeah, Bond. but like it'd be like and- Sherlock Holmes, but like instead of like, oh yeah, you have red dirt on your boot, you must have been to Yorkshire or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, Dude, don't say whatever the fuck when that's exactly what it is, Mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. He's acting like he's not... Anyway, yeah, no, but it's like you said of like, oh, we're in a player piano puncher. We need to like sing notes so it would punch around us or yeah, or. Oh, there's a staple gun that's about to, they're going to fire us and we're going to get stapled to a wall. And But don't worry, that model of staple gun only holds this many staples and I've counted all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and before we had a conception of rich guy who can get crazy gadgets, which is a more modern thing. Bruce Wayne Batman was rich guy who could have gadgets, but it was all about his like cleverness and his like ability to pull on these skills when needed. Or... Well, he was a MacGyver. Yes. And now it's about his ability to not be subject to unlawful search and seizure laws. <laughs> no, I mean, now it's just about his ability to like kidnap people across national boundaries when the police can't do it. It's well, just about... I, I will say it's also probably about hiding the assets of Wayne Enterprise. Oh, yeah. In his... Well, yeah, because when you know, like, Bruce like, Wayne, the original Bruce Wayne wasn't like, now uh, Bruce Wayne's this billionaire, He's an right? arms dealer. <laughs> yeah, like the original Bruce Wayne was just like the rich guy of Gotham City, right? It, it wasn't like now we've we've extrapolated these characters into this world where we fit them in to uh, our world. So now he's like, you know. Whereas uh, originally he was like a Depression era. Yeah. Kind of like Daddy Warbucks. Yes, and originally it was, there was a lot about a him red- doing charity and stuff like that as Bruce Wayne. And instead there was of like, having uh, like a red-headed boring. stepchild that he, he just brought in like a boy sex slave and was like, hey, Bruce you're a... Likes his boys. You're a... I, you're really good at gymnastics. I disavow Come. this this Robin slander. Yeah, no, okay. okay. Actually, no. In the 1930s, it was very common for, for older, older male rich people to have a boy who lived with them. <laughs> um, this was a thing people did. It was a part of it's growing up. It's called having a ward, okay? Um, yeah, they called them wards. All right. <laughs> yeah, they even had a name for them. 
them. It was just like, it was, yeah, if you were a rich, older, single man, you would have a, a boy living with boy you. Boy toy. See, I think... It's cheap and tawdry to make these inferences when you really should be criticizing Bruce Wayne for getting these young people involved in this vigilante underworld that ends up getting some of them killed. So I oh, feel yeah, like no, that's an actual... Well, he's well, trafficking them in the traffic well, way that actually happens more, which is just labor. A, uh, a <laughs> they have nothing to live for. So what else are they doing with their time? What's oh, a name? Oh, oh no, okay. no, I was you're... gonna go in a dark. Spot no, there. go in a dark. What's a name? Oh, oh, Ed Bach. Okay, never mind. Uh, we're good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's fill in the blanks for. I guess. Yeah, no, I think a quick Google search can like tell you the sort of joke I would be making there. Ed fuck Buck. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this guy that has all the men that he has sex with, right? He's a Democratic. Murder. Yeah, he's a major Democratic donor in California. And a bunch of men are found seriously, dead. seriously, and- like, murders um, homeless black men that he has sex with and then, like, purposely overdoses them on amphetamines and he's, like, killed, like, four different black and, people. And Richard, <laughs> one of our only Patreons, lived, like, two oh, blocks yeah. away from Ed Buck when yeah. they found yeah, a, we know like someone his who third was like, oh, dead shit. Buck's neighbor. He's one of our only Patreons. Yeah, and, and he listens to this podcast. This is literally going to become a true odds. crime podcast. <laughs> true crime. Richard uh, killed the, the, the people. The true pro- crime podcast Ed with Ed Buck is like, yeah, he's does it and it's he gets just away like with it yeah it's a true crime if you're <laughs> like, like we, we already know it's it's just about tricking him into like it's a, no, no vigilante podcast is what we really need yeah no that would be it's totally guilty it has a name and address you can go find well, them well have you seen the videos of the real life vigilantes that wander around like Seattle oh yeah yeah there, it's, it's always a it's bummer always sad. it's always a bummer I they, as someone who's special interest for for many years was uh trying to figure out how you could actually do comic book things in the real world <laughs> uh it just it doesn't pan out guys uh there's no what have you tried to do oh my gosh when i was really young i was obsessed with catwoman i was like we've established this. i'm going to learn like violent gymnastics <laughs> <laughs> Until, like, I gotta say, I, I still harbored these, like, I was fully taking capoeira, like, in when I was, like, 19, because this was still, like, in my, in my heart dreamscape here. But it got me really obsessed with the idea of being a private detective. And I did all this research... Ah, how, it's a PI, buddy. How buddy one, PI. whatever. And then uh, where I grew up in Maryland, uh, most of the time you got to be like a former bounty hunter or, or like Dog, it's, it's, you're already hunter. a bounty hunter and it's just like another like licensing there or you're a former police uh, and you have to, it was like real boring and not well, cool. And well, then uh, later, the, you could have been the dame. Of uh, the I returned PIs. to this idea later in life because I felt like I was really good at finding things on the internet. Um, so that I was like, oh, yeah, maybe my sister's I could. Friend, like, basically does that. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I could do this, but the like municipality I was in, it was like I, I wasn't going to qualify for it. Looking uh, up Facebook pictures and snitching to disability insurance. Uh, see, but then that's the other level is that you like with bounty hunting what you're going to end up 
actually doing is like going after like people down on their luck and things like this. And you're not going to be finding like, you know, the thieving cheater, like whatever. But I still think I could have a like a mental health break later in life where I like mm. uh, extrajudicially am a private investigator See, inappropriately. I think, I, think so, I would definitely have a mental break and become the Riddler. You've just been investigated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I want to know something, like if I randomly want to know something about somebody and I go down like a just weird research hole, I find it out a lot. And it's so exciting because it can be really mundane information, but just the act of not knowing it and then figuring out how to figure it out, you're like, oh, I am a god. Like it's awesome. That's next, my job at in Famous Birthday. For the Mike Tracy's Home Address Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All Mike Tracy's home address, all hour. All hour. Every hour on the hour, we're going to be telling you Mike Tracy's, Mike Tracy's personal number home address in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. Bunny followed him home. I did see him that one time. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, he would absolutely have no context for me, uh, I feel like. Yeah, Unless he did. Like an and then, joke. what if he did? And that would be like just. Uh, weird like well, that's, how far are you googling yourself that's how i sir? feel about approaching any celebrity though yeah in right, general but like also we usually use the term celebrity to be different than how we're using it now but mike tracy is a celebrity in our world <laughs> i mean the celebrity is usually a desirable person you would i like feel to about meet. mike tracy as i do about many middling comics where then i have to remind other comedians that like normal people don't know this at all and don't give a shit it's very not important even if they do like it I'm like, that's the context it holds. So what I feel like Mike Tracy is, uh, like if I try to tell my mom who Mike Tracy was, she'd be like, okay, all right. Uh, he's just a sleazy guy that we went to college with. Yep. That got fucking... Fucked up. Fucked up by Maxine Waters. <laughs> and is on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and got uh, yeah. fucked up by the cops at uh, Ann Coulter's. That's speech. right. Get off my head! Get off my head! That's right. I took the pictures just, of and also Just Google get off my head. Multiple accusations of an unprovable nature against him. <laughs> <laughs> but people I feel like, are saying, I'm not saying, but people are saying. I, 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 people are saying that. I've heard people say that. I've heard one person say that. I've heard, I, I just heard someone say that, actually. <laughs> yeah, Weirdly no, enough. It's, it's actually. It's a rumor going around. Yeah, it's the talk, around it's this the very talk of the circle. Town. <laughs> it's the talk of the town. You can't escape it. <laughs> oh, man. Is Mike Tracy a, a Halloween person? <laughs> Do you recall he's, Mike Tracy dressing somebody, up for Halloween? He's somebody that would put on, like, a jacket and a bow tie and go around and say he was somebody more like just to join a social oh, so event. So you're discussing my Bob Dylan costume, Stephen. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm describing my Tracy via your Bob Dylan. No, he's not somebody that would... Which is unfortunate because the dude could literally slap on a pair of overalls and be fucking Mario. Yeah. No, Easily. he absolutely... God, speaking of Mario, yeah. guys, anti-Italian discrimination. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a pandemic this year. We've got, uh, we've got I, an I, of Italian course I, in the house. I'm, of course, I'm talking about, yep. uh, what is it? Chris Pratt is doing the voice of Mario, which... Yeah, um, and I mean, the thing is, Mario has to be Italian. Otherwise, we would be confused as to why uh, his girlfriend seemed to attract gorillas and lizard monsters all the time. <laughs> it's integral to the plot that uh, Mario is Italian. I mean, somebody was like, does anybody relate to this story? And I'm like, what is not relatable about going to a castle to try to sexually harass a woman that you've never met before? For, and then you find that it's not him, it's your friend who's a toad, right? Like, uh, isn't that the premise of most of Mario? I mean, I guess if I was high and listening to the Mountain Goats... Yeah, that's the Mountain that Goats That might be version. what I'd gather from it, but no, that's not Sorry. How, how the game works. Sorry, your princess is in another castle. Mm-hmm. Yes, but... It's yeah. a me. How's Chris Pratt gonna say that? It's me. It's... I don't know. How does Chris Pratt talk? I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah, no one knows how Chris Pratt talks. It's he's a mystery. Non-entity. He he's like a fucking alien from Star Trek, where you just like forget ever meeting him after meeting him. <laughs> he like erases your memory. He's like he's the he man just, in black. Yeah, he just gives off vibes that are like anti personality, so that it just sort of cancels out, and he's a null space. He's another one. Too much religion. So. Anyway, good for Charlie I mean, I mean, Kelly. I, 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 yeah. Charlie Kelly is Luigi. Luigi. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it'll be like, hi, I'm Luigi. But it'll say it more like Charlie Kelly does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and just like shout out to the 90s Mario Brothers movie starring John Leguizamo and uh, fucking yeah. the guy who was in Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, I could actually just watch <laughs> I know a Roger lot about Rabbit Bob right Hoskins, now. actually, because he is uh, Romani, and he made a movie about it. It was very good. I watched it in my... This was the name of the class, Gypsy Culture, and at the <laughs> University of Maryland... Uh, the studies. No! <laughs> gypsy Culture was... We're gonna the, have it the... was like a class I signed up for and took. Uh, it was taught by a musician who was Lesson one of the one. rare gaje to be invited into. Did he start out home. every class with the song Gypsy by... Uh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> by the Fleetwood and the Max? Or was that solo? Stevie. Or know. Gypsy Woman by the or Jimi like, Hendrix. Or the song Gypsy by Shakira. Or, or um, uh, something by Gogo Berdella. I don't or anything know. or anything by the Gypsy Kings. I do like the Gypsy Kings. But yes, Bob Hopskins. Uh, who you know from Who Framed Roger <laughs> Rabbit was also Mario. Mario Mario. He made an excellent movie about I have seen that Romani movie. people in history also, that we watched. Fun fact about the nineties uh, Super Mario Brothers movie is everyone on set was drunk all the time, according to everyone who's been interviewed about that movie. Dangerously. Like if you talk to Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo about it, they're like, Yeah, I do not remember shooting multiple Well scenes. Bob Hoskins has passed on R. I. P. Hey Bob. 
Was that true? Uh oh, she's talking in the. In he the, says, "Yeah, oh, you're right." Yeah. Milo is right. In he the plane yeah. of October. This is a the, look. Episode. As soon as someone enters the other side, they are immediately available to us. The okay, plane. on the astral plane. Yeah. So. It's not my fault. Bunny's tapped into the it's plane. it's October, dudes. It's way easy right now. Last week, that's when last it, week that's we when the brought um, open. the Lula Row woman in. <laughs> <laughs> Lula Row. Uh, remember the documentary? Oh right, right, right. Oh and my she's god. Dead. Oh god, she's here again. God damn it! <laughs> she, her hair is everywhere. With, oh my god, it's she's huge. She's hanging out with Mario. The, her hair on the astral plane is is. Oh my god, she is. She's really into Mario. Mm. I don't know, Bob. I don't know why he you're dressed up like, as Mario for this. He seems too fat. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, like she. He's indulging something here. Yeah. Marlo doesn't like this bit. Yeah, it's a bad bit. Yeah, like you would know. Um. Speaking of which, speaking of comedians oh, and, and failing at being funny. That's right. We, uh, well, at least. This is uh, another hour that we're going to go on I because watched, Bunny is very angry about Dave Chappelle. I, look, we wa- I watched the last Netflix Dave Chappelle special, The Closer. He says he is going to be taking a break. So hopefully that is true. Maybe he'll read a book. He was joking that he like doesn't read and stuff a little bit. Like Kanye? Like, not exactly like Kanye, but a little bit. But I feel like it would do him a world of good if he just... Well, you were the saying... The person who, who coined intersectionality, just read what she wrote about it a little bit. And I feel like you'd have like a, some different ideas. I do. You were saying that it, you, you were like, it's very attached to his religion. And that was a notable absence to his uh, I special. said this, I believe, about the last one as well. But yes, he is religious and he doesn't talk about how that like influences him at all. His thoughts about gender, etc. It's like completely absent from the conversation. And I think that is interesting and uh, probably does contribute to what I see as a very fundamentally essentialist idea about gender. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm most disappointed in is that he doesn't seem to be as curious as I would expect him to be, knowing Dave Chappelle's work and et cetera okay. for, forever. Well, back up. Like, why? I didn't see it. So explain to me why this was so I, offensive. To well, you as a I, comic. Okay, I'd stop. I wouldn't put it in that way. I wouldn't okay. say this is offensive to me as a comic. I would never say that. Um, I didn't like it on several levels. Uh, comedically, I did not like it because there were very few actual jokes. The jokes that were there were sort of lazy and hackneyed and like from 2015. Like there's a Pence's gay joke that just seems very like, like, wait, you know people have said this like this is a well-established thing they used to say that all like, the time like like and he says it like like he doesn't like know a, that it's a hack snl joke or a- just just a common like a trope at this point so there were a few things like that like before he even gets into talking about uh gender or sexuality there's a few moments where 
you know. Uh, but yeah, and then I felt like he just tread on the same territory as his previous specials without really adding anything new, though people eager to do a uh, hagiography of him easily will take a totally different... What, what's the difference? What's the hagiography? So Dave is probably the greatest living comedian right now, especially if you're like, if you are a comedian, if you're a comedy nerd, it's pretty like agreed upon. And that's the thing, his craftsmanship as a stand-up is unmatched. He's amazing. He can say these dog shit premises and elicit responses from that audience because he's so good at the thing of it, you know? It doesn't mean these ideas uh, are on par with the kind of premises he presented earlier on in his career. And I think it's easy to, if you already want to love him. And like I said, normal people, comedy is a very small slice of their entertainment pie and they're trying to feel good. So it's not like they're uh, necessarily coming in with a critical eye. I, of course, have had like expectations and like hopes and whatever about it that are I guess not offensive, but disappointing. Um, Yeah, disappointing. I feel like he's this old, rich man now. Uh, I think he's not very introspective about the fact that the hardest thing in his life is people criticizing him, people criticizing his comedy, his his opinions. So let's get real. Dave Chappelle has been very successful in his industry of choice for most of his life. He was doing stand-up before he was 18, and he was half-baked. He was 23 when he made that. Like, he's not this person who had this long like struggle sesh of whatever. He's been a guy in entertainment for most of his life. And despite him being good and et cetera, it doesn't mean that's not who he is. And I think, like, I he has this thing where he's like, Wait, little what me. The, what was the thing about him leaving the... Okay, so there is a part of the special where he's like, I was doing these shows around the Bay Area, and, you know, and I was I was nobody, man. I had just left Chappelle's show. I was nothing. <laughs> and it's like, he's totally serious about it. That's not... He doesn't say that facetiously. He's absolutely serious with that statement because he lacks perspective he doesn't know what a normal person's life is like like even the ones he weirdly meets in his sort of contrived small town living that he does (laughs) like i'm sorry i love dave chappelle like i know his fucking ovra like so hardcore it's just it's super sad this is like a fan talking too like this is not like i didn't go in Every time I'm like hoping I'll be like, oh man, he fixed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Of these Netflix specials, I've consistently every time I'm like, maybe he'll turn it around with this one. Because the big headline is uh, he's been obsessed with trans people for the entirety of these six specials. Six specials in five years, I think, too much. So it's That's just... a lot. I didn't realize there were so many. Yeah, so, well, and he kind of switches between whether he thinks he's talking about LGBTQ in general or specifically trans people because he 
seems to lump them in He's, together. He does a lot of lumping. He does a lot of lumping. He does a lot of lumping in this special specifically. So, uh, but yes, he definitely does that. Well, he tries not to. He had the one joke in the last one about the L's don't like the G's and the T's don't like Yeah, the- it's the same central thesis, though, is that he, it's that he's envious of some power he perceives in the... LGBTQ, whatever. He called him a mafia last time, like oh, I, I an think, army or something. I, I think it was mostly summed up in a point um, you actually made earlier in the week of his whole central thesis that it's easier for... Um, oh, what's the... Oh, yeah. That, so that's from the previous special, yeah. and he brings it up this time, that it was easier for Caitlyn Jenner to change her gender than it was for Cassius Clay to change his name. Which, when he did it in the other special, it elicits this like sort of like boom, whatever moment. And of course, what Dave is trying to, you know, I'll graciously say what he's trying to call attention to there is that like white privilege exists despite being in this marginalized identity, right? But then he brings it up again in this one, and it's like, actually, now I've had time to think about it, and I'm like, even if you flatten out the context in the 60 years, I don't think Caitlyn Jenner waiting till she's in her 60s, despite being rich and famous and white. Okay, yes. Despite all these things, I don't think that was necessarily easy. And I don't think that easiness was born out of, arguably is born out of a class privilege of having access and money and et cetera. And that is why Caitlyn Jenner's a Republican, because she doesn't have the experiences of people who occupy this marginalized identity, but also don't have those things. And like Dave just is is just absent. And yeah, as you said, like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't. And I'm just... Muhammad Ali changed his name in the 60s. And why are you dead naming him? (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) <laughs> if we're supposed That's to, good if we're gonna do it with the same gravitas, Dave, like you know what I mean? Like it's uh, it sucks because I also know for me, a fucking white woman, to try to make this point in certain spaces, people are gonna be like, it's because you're white and you don't get it and you don't see it and you know like yeah as always there's an uh, there's a that's a dimension i can't escape and um, also like literally every one of his points was more or less this idea that okay during the 1960s you could easily find many white people who thought man blacks are making a lot of progress really quick i don't know what they're complaining about that that was a very common thought in the 1960s still is yeah, oh well, yeah, well it still is, but like Dave is now translating that thought to trans people of, oh wow, what are they complaining about? They made so much progress and blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, well, well is sure, that his argument though? Yes, yes, that is I thought his argument, one of his arguments. I thought his arguments was that they're doing it maybe I'm wrong, maybe they're doing it for the clout seemed to be one of his No, so arguments. his argument so essentially I will I would distill it down to this. I'll do the nice one first. It's that he sort of separates LGTB, whatever. He does the whole thing. Um, He acts like they are distinct and binary from 
black people or black Americans in this way that is not true, but also just serves his dichotomous argument, right? Mm -hmm. He uses the existence of white privilege that does exist among people who are white, who are also marginalized in a different way. He uses that existence, which does produce fucked up things, which are, I think, fair to talk about if he really got down to just those points. But there's also this other element that he almost thinks the entire like framework around specifically, especially like being feminine. He's very fixated on trans women and on gay men who act feminine. That's Which is an alignment of patriarchal notions about gender essentialism. Yeah, where but there's this implicit argument that this is sort of an indulgent right an indulgent white people invention almost like it's in, that's and sort it's a of colonizing the colonizing thing that they're tricking I don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put those yeah, those words in his him. mouth I'd say he does have a moment in one of the earlier specials where he has a digression to talk about how there's a masculinity problem in his wife's uh like homeland of the Philippines mm-hmm. in a way that's very that I yeah, feel like is, in, is like is really solving. strange it's really weird to me, like uh, that moment in that special, because it really reflects, I think, some deep importance the idea of masculinity holds for Dave Chappelle. And I think that's the overriding thing I see with his discomfort. And I think he's demonstrated this in his jokes. He's way more comfortable with a masculine woman, a, a trans man or what. Like he's not bothered by that. It's sort of like that Madonna song, what it feels like for the girl. Mm. No, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It quotes that poem and yeah. basically, yeah. Um, also, there's a new Madonna documentary I'm going to watch for next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, like if I had to like be this creep who's analyzing Dave Chappelle, like if I, if I could really get down to the nitty gritty of what this is about, I think it's... Uh, his, his, his attachment to an idea of masculinity that is, like, infringed upon by some of the arguments made by... Like, because he's uncomfortable with trans activism, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's uncomfortable with the arguments made about the legitimacy of trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't like being told that the, like, box he's placed them in mentally was is maybe inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the things are arguing that, like, no, it is appropriate. What you're talking about, I think about this often, how trans women also experience misogyny from men, particularly... Trans women experience misogyny. Women who get mistaken for trans women Mm -hmm. experience trans misogyny and transphobia. But I feel like this is a conversation that happens among people who are curious about these things in a way where we're, like, looking at it, where Dave is... Pretending he doesn't have an agenda. Maybe he's not even aware. Well, I I think that leads into another thing that I I recall from the uh, special. When he was discussing his dead friend who... Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, well, anyway, when he was discussing his dead friend uh, and um, that that one night she, like, ended up talking or whatever the fuck. uh, And he's like... It was this lame-ass liberal fucking appeal to, like, understanding or whatever fucking dumb shit. Um, (laughs) And it was like, oh, she just 
we just talked and we didn't talk about pronouns and we just talked for two hours and it's like yeah man that's like called having a friend and uh you've always been free to do that if you he's if, almost <laughs> arguing like he like that that trans people only have to talk about that well yeah but that that's the thing is it's like yeah well okay if they're not your friend um then the cliff's notes are uh please use the pronoun i just asked you to use and when i t- tell you something and you do the opposite of it that feels very disrespectful to me mm-hmm. if we want to have a two-hour conversation as to why all this well then yeah that's called uh getting a drink with your buddy and uh talking about stuff which you're free to do everyone can do that it's amazing having friends is great (laughs) well it's like basically i feel as though the argument dave is making ultimately is that he doesn't have a problem with trans people because it's possible for him to engage in some manner of interpersonal relationships With individual trans people, Crazy. as long as they are not talking about these talking points. And like I said, I feel like, so you're uncomfortable with like the activism around it, but not even curious enough to look into it. He's so dismissive in a superficial way where it's like boring how like boomery he is. Like freshman and college level, like... Or high school at this point. Like he, there's at one point he does defend J.K. Rowling. So uh, another argument or thesis of this special is that like trying to take away someone's livelihood is like killing them. And he makes this sort of tongue-in-cheek defense of DeBaby where mm. he's like, and he brings up how DeBaby did shoot and kill a man in a Walmart and that did not affect his career in the slightest. And uh, then he said these things about gay people and his his career got threatened. And, and then like Dave's yeah, and then like, he that's stuff so about, bad, and right? And then he said stuff about China and pissed off the Falun Gong. So he's like one for three. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, yeah, he did make some Asian jokes about when he got coronavirus and he didn't get that sick. So he felt like his cells were beating up the Asian cells of the. Yeah. That's the joke he made, yeah. That's a great joke, to uh, baby. Good job. No, that uh, was a Dave Chappelle joke. That was Dave Chappelle. Oh, I thought... Yeah, that was a Dave Chappelle no, no, joke. Oh, oh, do you know what DaBaby is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you not know... Sorry, I thought... The, the, I thought DaBaby made a joke. No, DaBaby went got on a... No, DaBaby got canceled because he said, like... He basically said gay people get AIDS and shit. And, like, he just went on this weird tangent yeah. at an award show that had nothing to do with anything totally unnecessary. And people were like, what the fuck? And then, yeah. Weird. But then Dave brings it up more than once. And also that's kind of the context he initially brings up J.K. Rowling. He's like, he wrote, she wrote all those books by herself. And then like, all she did was go on this interview and say I have it that- on good authority that she actually wrote all those books using a language that was created long before she was even born. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Um, she didn't invent the writing system. She didn't invent letters. Me. She didn't invent boys. Uh, <laughs> story is about a boy. Um, anyway, so yeah, she's like, he's like, oh, J.K. Rowling, and, and he doesn't even seem to be totally. This is over and over again. He's not tuned into the details 
about anything. About so, her writing a manifesto? So he, in his mind, J.K. Rowling simply went on one interview where she said gender is a fact and then everyone attacked her. Like, he doesn't know that there was, like, several different things and that she, like, double tripled down and he's completely doesn't know, like, there's this whole other British-UK context for this conversation that, he, that he is... He also doesn't realize that people who are criticizing his jokes now never read that fucking article from 20 years ago in some gay newspaper. Okay, well, jumping around, I guess. Uh, so there's another part where uh, Dave talks about kind of 16 years ago. This is where he's like, I was a nobody. I would just quit Chappelle's show. <laughs> And whatever, and that was the first time he was doing some jokes that were about or involved trans people. And he says he did a show, and a trans person like stood up essentially and said, like, you know, you're being transphobic, whatever. And he was like, blah blah blah, get out. And then that person wrote an article, and in that article, it called him transphobic. It said he was punching down, and he named these like talking points. And then he explicitly says anytime somebody came at me like that from then on they would always use the talking points from that one article because he doesn't know that Tumblr exists yeah, <laughs> like, he, he, he doesn't that, know that these like he, he thought that article literally invented those words like yeah like it, that's how he talks about it he talks about and, it like and it's, that anyone criticizing him would not have the language to do so w- yeah if and that, they had not read some obscure article in, like, in a gay culture like zine from 16 fucking years ago. Yeah, so <laughs> he so what he's doing there is he's making it so if anybody does mention these things like uh, an idea of punching down, which absolutely you know what the fuck that means, Dave Chappelle. Like this is also a, an argument that happened in comedy in like 2015 and you know fucking the chugs are like what do you mean what's punching down? That would mean I think I'm better than people, and I don't think I'm better than nobody. I'm punching straight forward. Like I like it's- how you go into the like, uh, like what is the neighborhood in Baltimore that you're making fun of? Isn't it? I just thought it was a great Tim Dillon impression. It's all ham, didn't he? Ham, didn't he? Ham, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so basically, making it really easy for people who are also uncomfortable with these ideas to like uh, use I, the same logic. And I've seen over and over again people defending this special saying, well, if you're criticizing it, you didn't really watch it. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. As someone who's watched it, number one, I could give exactly the same criticisms had I not watched it, but this time I have watched it, so I know it's right. But yeah. You frequently... Wa- don't watch things you know, and then criticize it. Yes, frequently. That's a frequent but thing then that does. I will watch it and realize, oh, I would have said exactly the same thing if I didn't watch it, and I would have been happier because then I wouldn't have had to waste my time watching this. Which is what I did. Bon I, vivant over yeah. here. Yeah. Lover of life, baby. <laughs> Never too short for negativity and surrounding myself with shitty Dave Chappelle That's right. Specials. Love and light over here. Uh, <laughs> Um, Never says a negative thing about anything. Nothing. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, no. It, so he does provide this cover. So if anybody says anything close to these ideas, they will be told that oh, you're just repeating talking points. Like you're not really listening. 
you know, bravo, I guess, on some level, like, uh, for pretending like... Okay, I didn't watch it. I did see that there was a lot of anxiety around Twitter specifically in it. I wouldn't say that. He talks about Twitter sort of specifically in regards to the story about the specific trans woman that he then reveals is no longer with us. She committed suicide. And um, well, she's in the yeah. She's in the astral plane. Yeah, she she is like look. She's hanging out with Mario. Yeah, yeah, they're hanging out. They're like, they've got some really cool Halloween plans, actually. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, he brings it up specific to that, where he says Twitter's not a real place, which interesting okay, because you're you seem to be kind of fixated about the things people say. Sorry, your friend got killed by a fake person. So. I mean, like, again, what the fuck is it? Is it okay to say whatever you want, and if you get your feelings hurt, that's your fault for being a big baby? Or did a bunch of meanies on Twitter make your friend kill herself? Well, he does it. So the, uh, I'll sum it up for Steve, who hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Dave meets this trans woman who's a big fan of his. She's laughing at all of his trans jokes. So he is like, we're... I'm not saying anything offensive. We're, yeah, he's like, this is great. Black people are laughing at my racist joke. I can't be racist. So uh, then when he's looking to practice for the first of these series of Netflix specials five years ago, um, he reaches out to this trans woman because uh, she was an aspiring comedian and um, like asks her to open for him. Now, he has never seen her comedy and he doesn't know at this time, but she's only performed like less than 10 times at this point. And then he also gives her 45 minutes, which is very unusual. It's not unheard of for a more established comic to sort of benevolently, you know, whatever, for on their whims and whatever, bestow somebody some time. But usually they're going to give you 10, 15 minutes. Gave this woman um, 45. And she bombed. And he's joking about how she bombed. It should be mentioned that he also specifically more or less said that he picked her partially as a cover. He does pretty much say that, but it was like... He's sincerely flattered by the reverence she has for him. So it's like, which I guess he thinks is the same as <laughs> as other virtuous things. Um, so then she bombs, whatever. Uh, he goes on, and then there's like a moment later where she gets to like have some great comeback to somebody else in the audience, and it's sort of a funny moment, and... Blah, blah, blah. And then when his first Netflix special comes out and he receives a ton of criticism about the transphobia, she is on Twitter and she defends Dave, sort of parroting the, oh, he doesn't punch down uh, or up. He, he, he says it verbatim in the special. Like, she doesn't punch. He doesn't punch down or up. He punches lines or whatever. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, but, you know, like, I also diplomatically like you meet people, you feel like you're friends, your friend like it it's not I, I understand it. But the way he is telling the story is like blah 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 and then the trans community dragged her all over Twitter and she was holding her own because she's funny, da 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 and then he reveals that a week later she kills herself. 
And he says, I don't know if it was... We're sorry he did this, by yeah, the Yeah, the getting dragged on Twitter no, or whatever. So- but it didn't no, help. To the astral plane, we're, yeah. we're sorry. They're zip-zopping around. They're fucking doing it all. Yeah, and when I say zip-zopping, they're playing the improv yeah, warm-up game. No Zip-zap-zop. No uh, on is. the astral plane. Look, they can do whatever they want. No one has ever watched a Netflix special in the afterlife. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Why it's the afterlife. Well, whatever. And, like, you know, he says he's uh, he's going to give... What if it's the good place? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, he infers uh, not too codedly that basically the Twitter dragging contributed possibly to her suicide. Um, and then he kind of... He kind of wraps up the whole thing by saying she didn't belong to the trans community. She was part of his tribe, which is comedians. Yeah, what? except also she was a that trans is... woman, and uh, suicide offensive. is suicide is like actually disproportionately fairly common in that community. And maybe you could look into wait, that. Wait, is he saying that trans people are only trans people if they attack other trans people on Twitter? I, no one knows what he's saying. No, he's saying that the so-called trans community is no community at all because um. they're primarily concerned with dragging each other and whatever. Well, and because earlier in the special, he has a problem with another trans woman, but this is one he's, he's made up. Uh, this is clearly one he's made up. The woman who's died is a real person, but the, he gives an example of seeing this this trans woman in a club and that she's given him the business and doing all the talking points at him. Uh, she's white and she's with two gay black men. Like she says something about like my people have struggled for decades, which this is how you know it's a made up person because no trans person would say something like decades because they've only existed for 35 years like what the fuck are you talking about anyway oh my uh, stars like you know also I just think there's a level of like just him exploring things through comedy in a way that is like sloppy here in a way that it's irritating on a like just a comedy level too one, one of the uh, sloppy things about that joke is, yeah, his, his ultimate, like, crescendo of a point was how dare she use the phrase, my people. My people. Uh, because the oppressions aren't the same. But in the Well, setup, yeah, he says, he says, you the, mean my people, what, did they kidnap you from Transylvania and bring you over here yeah, as slaves? Okay, but for the record, in the setup to oh, the joke, God. he also noted that he presumed that this trans woman surely must be closeted because otherwise she would be in danger of getting her ass kicked at the bar he was at. So when your point is this person is not upset, but in the same joke, you take for granted that this person is in physical danger being in a space that I am safely in? Okay, so there's a certain conversation I've gotten in with men where I've gotten some version of, okay, yeah, I, all right, but it's, it's, it's enough with all the bad things men have done, Bunny, because you need men to protect you. Uh, well, like always a bad play. So, which is, no I do, who's playing full it. disclosure, I do a whole bit about it in my stand-up. But this is a theme, I think, where there's this sort of, and this is like, 
crossing the Joe Rogan, like, whatever nexus of things. This is what, this is a version of masculinity these men relate on, where they are the last thing in line of protection from, like, whatever the fuck. Like, they, Usually it's this, other men. It's like fairy tales for women, but it's completely validated because men are doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it just... <laughs> like, like, newsflash, uh, I need men to protect me from other men primarily, so... Well, As a rule, if you think that this person might be killed for being around a place that you are around and not having that fear, they're the more oppressed one in that moment. In that moment, maybe in other contexts it's different, but yeah, the guy on the electric chair with the on switch getting thrown is the most oppressed person in the room for that moment. But that version of masculinity, it's like there's this thing where there seems to be a belief that like almost like Jordan Peterson-y. Like this is the natural way things are. We have to accept it. And I'm uncomfortable that you're not accepting how things really are. Yeah, you can do all this other stuff on top of it, but you have to accept what it really is. And gender is this. And it means this. And a lot of these flowery stories about masculinity I think are a little bit uh, wrapped up here too where and that's why Dave Chappelle's biceps have gotten so big well I thought about Jordan Peterson's argument before because it is a I'm cutting through the bullshit and seeing the world how it really is kind of and I'm the only one enlightened to this whereas these kind of mafia Twitter people and trans mafia and alphabet mafia people, they're all propagandized basically into being this activist class that has been taught to attack me for when I say the wrong thing and therefore I'm more oppressed for being attacked, which is a lot of what I've gotten from him in the past special and from what you're saying in this special is that when I say something shitty about somebody, it's actually me that's being stifled with my speech, which is similar to, I think J.K. Rowling uses that. Well, and, and, uh, and Jordan Peterson said that when he wouldn't honor somebody's Well, that's, I mean, like, that's, yeah, like, that's the initial, that was, his impetus for his becoming known was a conversation around pronouns yeah. in Canada. And it's all about, like, cutting through the bullshit. I have this more enlightened perspective on things, which is you know, more or less an admission that I haven't recognized the world is changing around me and I refuse to change with well, there's, it. Well, there's obviously, it's like, I don't want to confront my mortality and <laughs> admit things are changing in ways that I couldn't anticipate. But what bothers me is that there's a pretense of like, I, I'm just asking questions. Yeah. Where I, I'm like, no, you're not. You're not actually curious because you don't take in any information unless it's presented to you in a very, like, flattering package, you know? It's sea lioning. Like, those... I'm just asking questions over here. I already have a predetermined idea of what I think about the world. However, I'll patronize your questions while I formulate what I think about you in order to take you down because I think less of you. Well, I think it's also a resistance of looking at things materially, right? Because you don't have to have a whole bunch of thoughts about why trans people exist in order to 
recognize that they occupy a secondary class and are experiencing certain patterns of things that are not great. Like you don't have to have any, you don't have to think about any of that to look at the material reality of what's happening, right? Like you don't have to think about God or nature or blah, blah, blah to be like, this person I've seen exists. But it's difficult for people because of these essential stories about gender and et cetera. Like, and the world changing, and they're not. It, it does remind me a lot of the fears of masculinity around homosexuality. We often forget. Well, and we this often is, forget about how this is much, the tie that binds. How, okay, how, like like how much men were scared that they were going to be raped in bathrooms if gay people admitted they were gay. The amount to just which, just the intense fears around seeming gay in any context. I've been indulging, uh, as I've said before, in a lot of uh, late '90s, early 2000s media in the past uh, few months. And it is just like, wow, I was swimming in this shit as a, as a young person. And just, you'd think it's normal. Well, and my favorite is the Law & Order episode with the gay football player who has to end up killing his lover instead of coming out of the closet because it would ruin his career. And there was a whole like moral panic about it. And it was seen as progressive at the time that they were even approaching the topic in like 2003 or 2004. And like we often whitewash that out of existence as though we were already progressed and always had been. Well, because there's so much pressure to pretend like we're all the fucking once and future kings here. Like, and again, oh no, everything I know that's good right now, I've always known it for all of time. And I mean, there's an argument on a quantum woo-woo level. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're not even, we're but we're not talking about that. Plane. All right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pretending full-on fakery and we know it's fucking fake. We know we can't possibly remember every goddamn thing we've ever said. And we know, even if we are ashamed to admit it, we know we've thought more line with what the mainstream beliefs were about things when they were the mainstream beliefs and whatever. But like, everyone's got to do this weird thing where like, they just lie till they die. <laughs> Uh, which shout out my uh, craziest Greek friend's mom for uh, that was the advice she gave. Lie till you die. Lie till you die. You get caught doing something. Lie she's, till you die. Like yeah, you, no, would, she's, she's, you would get in more Roger trouble. Stoning? You would get in more trouble. You you fucking admitted it. Yeah. No, Are you fucking kidding me? Here? That's very Greek. You, that is a very uh, Greek uh, <laughs> culturally. Greek I think thing. it's I think it's Roger Stone's also. His, it's his. Yeah. But, um, See, but that's very much the how people are rolling these days. And anyway, speaking of high school football, gay suicide packs, Heather's is a great movie. Oh yes, we did watch Heather's. Have you seen Heather's? Yes, yes I've seen yes. Heather's. Yeah, I saw it for the first time. Recently. Oh, it's great. Huge fan. Huge yeah. fan. No, it's an amazing, <laughs> great, iconic movie. movie. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. <sighs> Makes me happy to see it. Marlo and I saw James Bond yesterday. Yeah. Heathers, though. 
<laughs> wonderful film. Marla, it it Marla, was really n- nice to see this movie of a time when, like, it was played, like... Well, you could just bring a gun to school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I mean, which I also we, we brought up while we were watching the movie. Marlo did. Marlo definitely brought a gun to school. I, I brought a gun brought to school. Gun. No, well, in this podcast, oh, we're okay. people that... It was pre-Columbine. You were just bringing guns. People, yeah. No, you but bringing, uh, we did... You, you tested out by bringing fake guns, and then you bring well, a real is one. Why... No, no, anyway, what we were saying, though, is... Um, yeah, from the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. That's why the nerd is in detention because he brought a gun yeah, to school. That's and the it, worst I mean, how that casual. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and he got Saturday detention, and then yeah. it was the funniest thing in the so, world. So, yeah, so Christian Slater in Heather's um, is a full like, on psychopath. Making, yeah, people are making fun of him because he, like, didn't do anything with it. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Christian Slater, he does. He's yeah, got no, blanks Christian's, at first. But yeah, no, I like the idea of doing a, uh, a dark version of the Breakfast Club guy. What's his name? John Hughes? Yeah. They're not dark enough for you when you no, watch no. them with well, an eye of today? Heather's is the clearly I want to make a dark John Hughes version of... Yeah, what? like there's weird shit about John Hughes Wasn't movies. there another one I mean, that was the... the the Virgin Suicides also? That's that's way later. That's, that's like, like early 2000s. Yeah, that's like Sophia Tom Coppola, Cruise. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, but there is... I dislike that movie for reasons I can't remember at the moment. I just remember having an, a, a version to it. My sister loved it though. <laughs> but oh. yeah, Heather's uh, is great. He, he brings a gun. Uh, and I mean... I brought a gun to school and she gave me a kick. My house if I knew the truth. Are you, are you doing teenage dirtbag, Stephen? I'm just a teenage dirtbag. He brings a gun to school in that song. Yeah, yeah. Her, her boyfriend, who was a dick, brought a gun to school. Yeah. Yes, we know. And they have to censor it out because Columbine oh, just right. and happened. Then, yeah, and then like, yeah, just when the, yeah, that it, was fun. Like Columbine happened, then the music video for that yeah, dropped. Yeah, fucking... God damn, Dylan and Eric ruining it for everyone. Get the fuck out of here, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, but um, yeah, Heather's is like, if Columbine hadn't happened, we'd be fucking just loading up. We'd be fucking. I'd have two guns in my bra right now. Heather's literally does ask the question before Columbine happened. What if uh, they were the good guys? And, um, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, what if they had a really good point? Wait, what was their great point? I don't know. The, most of the people he killed kind of did suck. Like, Marlo, I so, feel like we have differing... Uh... So he's the Okay, he's I'm the sorry. Bat- you watch Heathers and tell me that, like, all the popular kids he decided to kill because they sucked didn't actually suck. So he's, he, uh, he's joker uh, no. okay. Uh, I, I think I see, it's bad he killed them. I see, I see a manipulative sociopath oh, sure, manipulating yes. a girl into the murder of people she knows. Just doesn't. It's inconsequential how much they suck. They have but not they do. actually done anything. Like he does not try to uh, distribute a sort of real justice. Like that's oh, part no, of a really I feel like you didn't. I feel like that's part of the point of... Uh... No, I think she pusses out 
I, I think she's like, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, the, you got to fight through that. You think, I mean, it's hilarious to pretend the two jocks are having a gay uh, murder-suicide with each other. Hilarious. Make but, that movie. Dude, the jock, no, they, they, want like, that movie. They, they raped a person in the scene prior. Like, they, they you know, they're not good people. Wait, he just lied about doing things with Winona Ryder's character was what no di- no no did. no no they they uh they raped the passed out one of the heathers passed no, out no she had sex with, she was have actively having sex with him and oh. then she cries because when he's dead she's like he died the day after we had sex yeah. so <laughs> two different movies you're thinking of a John Hughes movie <laughs> where having sex with an unconscious woman happens. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, they were two Ohio they, football of course, stars. They like, probably deserved it. <laughs> Stoibenville, come on. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> part of the point is that Christian Slater's character is, like, just as terrible of a person. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. And he gets what's coming to him, but... I'm not saying he was an avenging angel or anything. I'm not saying it's a superhero I movie. thought you just I'm said, just what saying... if they are the good guys? That was the premise that you just okay, said I'll, I'll back five up minutes and, ago. I'll back up and go with the had sort of a point. Uh, so I'll qualify back to had sort of a point. I'm Christian Slater. Yeah, no, he and talks I like that. I have whole a great idea for killing all these popular people. I'm, I'm like, that. really pretentious uh, in a way I, that's completely unrealistic. Yeah. I'm Christian Slater. I, I was in the name of the rose as an alder boy. I'm basically the guy from Catcher in the Rye. I was a real, I was a little child and I was raped by <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, come here, Christian. Wait, I, I like to imagine you just have a very limited amount of impressions you can do, and and also it's, it's just going to be a, it's just a, a daisy Connery. chain of sexual assaults with them, and, and but but victims victimized, you know, and you know who raped Sean Connery, Christopher Walken. <laughs> I can't do Christopher Walken. Please do. I I don't want to attempt it. I don't want to have to. Hey, Sean. (laughs) Why don't you... uh... (laughs) Drop Drop your drawers. I'm dropping my trousers. (laughs) I'm Christian Slim. Get off of me, Sean. Yeah. I think we can cut most of that out. <laughs> Marlo, I swear to God, I swear to God, you are like hilarious. <laughs> when I listen back sometimes, Marlo, like, will get on something and Marlo is like, I hate it. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's like, <laughs> I like thinking of this like threesome. Between Christian Slater, Sean Connery, and Christopher Walken. I think there's another easy impression to do. 
I'll, 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 I'll jump in. I'll jump in, and then it's just um, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> Get off of me, Sean. Well, who was that supposed to be? It's Christian Slater struggling okay. underneath three other. <laughs> <laughs> In a robe, in the name of the rose. He's got oh rosary gosh. beads. Oh my gosh. I'm just, oh man. Well, I guess that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh man. You don't have an impression, Marlo? No, I don't do impressions. <laughs> impressions are a form of lying. <laughs> Oh, shout out to me. I did do my Melania impression this week for the oh, yeah, you got shout out to the Baltimore County Democrats. Who paid Bunny to pretend to be Melania Trump. They didn't. Do it. Do it. Oh, well, hello. I'm like so upset still about this book that came out about uh, my chief of staff is. And she was like, you know, it's her face. Um, with a betrayal. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, well, I stopped doing Melania because I got upset because I thought I was just going to do Melania for six months and then Trump won the election. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then she didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. So it was like, you know, I could have probably built a whole... Well, she had the fascist uh, coat on. Yeah. Well, and in the book, because uh, I did I, look up... Exit, in I the do book, not care. I do not care, Yeah, Donald. she's like... Donald, I do not she, care. The chief of staff lady, Stephanie, whatever, uh, is like, I tried to get her to admit that she hadn't really looked at the coat. <laughs> Which is, I think the truth of it is that she really hadn't looked at the coat. <laughs> I I, uh, I read a really and good then art. she said she was gonna cross out the don't and and then she was like oh I'll just cross it out so when I get off <laughs> it'll be like I I care like not like I, I don't care, care. So much yeah and then the and children, then the, the woman children. was like um, they'll have before and after photos like we can't do that and like yeah, that would be if anything worse. <laughs> I just love it That's, so much. There's two cycles. Yeah. Oh, there's That's another good part where where Melania's like, I don't want to be in any pictures holding Donald's hand after like, you know, I don't look like Hillary Clinton. She looks so bad after Monica. They come out holding the hand. <laughs> Made her look stupid. <laughs> It's like, Wait, that's almost verbatim the quote was, that is was, in the book. Was, so. Was it a big boon when it came out, that l- recording of her hitting on immigrants? Uh, Did that give you some material when she's like, these immigrants, they come from Mexico, and I hate them so No, much. I really like the stuff she said about Christmas being stupid. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was really fun. And I put uh, just lightning behind me for my background. It was a Zoom show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on vacation, you know, family place. <laughs> Just because I like this idea that Melania exists in this sort of, like, weird, like, nefarious netherworld. Like, all of her Christmas decorations were, like, like a humorless nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> like, like, no whimsy, just like, what if it was all, like, stabby black trees? <laughs> And I just like the idea that's really who Melania is. I like that Zizek has a connection to Melania. Slovenians, yes. Because they have like a... Lubiana, 
or whatever. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should have put some Zizek in my Melania impression. <laughs> Just... So, you know, yeah, I was like, I was doing the really speeches. to the Maryland Democrats. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> will absolutely all understand it, what I, you're I doing. Would, I would love if why. I had one super fan who was like, look how layered this is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you just like have like a speech impediment yeah which I, your, I i do and you rub your nose a bunch yeah. and you snort <laughs> sniff yeah but it'd be like very very like very delicate melania <laughs> it's just a slovenian thing it's not even yeah, wait, the, the, so the the premise of it was like it's a it's a debate. So one of my friends was playing like the my pillow guy and et cetera. So that defender um, of American values. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, but they were like, oh, like, do you think Donald will run again, Melania, or do you want to go back to the White House? I was like, I was barely ever there. Anyway, <laughs> I'll stay where I was last time. <laughs> How'd the Maryland Democrats take it? They. Loved it. Look, they loved it. I did sit through at least seven speeches. Oh, my God. And I assume the only people there were the other Baltimore County Democrats. And they were giving, like, very inspirational speeches about, like, voting and, like, whatever. And I was like, who are you telling? (laughs) The literal organizers for the Baltimore (laughs) County Democrats? They they never vote. It's been confirmed that the organizers of the Democratic Party. Bless them. Bless them uh, you know, it's very, it's very funny. Um, there was some cute, like, I, like, the first time I did things for the Democrats, I was 13 knocking on doors. And I'm like, oh, I know. Because I was also, like, a, a child my dad brought to, like, when he made, like, calls for Mikulski <laughs> in Baltimore. He, he, oh, man. He loves them. Anyway. All right. right. Well, next week on competitive autisms and Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Competitive autisms and a bipolar guy. New podcast name. New podcast name. (laughs) Rebrand. cylinders which reproduce the chords perfectly. We outshouted the piano, don't you see? Sure, but how come we didn't get punched full of holes? Because of the notes I selected. They were calculated to make the punches fall precisely around the outlines of our bodies. I visualized the chords in my mind. Holy perfect pitch!
Yes, it's useful sometimes.